Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. Woke up cold one Tuesday. I'm looking tired and feeling quite sick. I felt like there was something missing in my day to day life. So I quickly opened the wardrobe, pulled out some jeans and a t shirt that seemed clean. got some some surprises coming up for you later uh but you know we're we're still we're still roughly in like the holiday and sort of post-holiday hangover period uh and one of the classic landmarks of of this time of year is the post-christmas shopping period whether it's returning and exchanging things that you got, whether it's maybe using money or some of those uh, pesky slash awesome gift cards that we talked about a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of places tend to run some halfway decent promotions in this time of year to entice you to come do your business with them. Uh, But it can be a little hard to determine how many of those things are actually like good sales and which ones are just illusions, right? Yeah. So as you started to introduce this topic there, we'll get into that. There are a lot of sites and vendors and purveyors of goods out there where it seems like stuff is on sale all the time. And like me, obviously there's a ruse going on but like it's a different type of ruse and and whether or not that's appealing and comfortable but it occurred to me that a a a good a good podcaster would would define what a sale is because i feel like that is a foundation we should have and and a good podcaster would define what a sale is but our are you holding us to the standards of good podcasters? I'm trying to to collect my thoughts here, which we're is we're not that, Radio Lab, my guy. Yeah, this is something difficult true. to define. Well, <laughs> it, it shouldn't be, but I think that there, for me, it's there's a key not. there's a key component, which is historically you put things on sale because uh, supply has outpaced demand, or seasonality says that. I need to get rid of this product. It might be Halloween candy in mid-November. That's a that's a good example. Or ski gear in May, excepting Bend, Oregon, where you can continue to ski into June, apparently. But but that's typically how sales work. But I think part of this and where this this kind of all gets warped is for instance, Black Friday. You might have Black Friday sales to get people in the door to increase revenue, you know, put TVs off, but, oh, people are in here. They're also going to buy this and that and the other thing. These seasons and rules and everything and and how the supply chain works anymore, it is so different than where some of these traditions of, of sales and, you know, President's Day sale and, and stuff like that, where those come from. So I, I do want to give 
give credence the idea of like maybe my maybe I'm stuck in some some old ways or something. Maybe I'm being extra crotchety about this when I get upset with places like J. Crew or Lands in or I mean there have to be others out there too who are guilty of like everything is on sale super discounted all the time. I mean I think there are plenty of reasons to be upset at J Crew frankly at J so J Crew has been I think sort of the nexus of of our conversations about this because they are always running some sort of you know moderately to extremely aggressive discount on their site. Um, and, and so if you're ever shopping at J crew and you find something you like, and you are not totally jazzed about the sale, if you just wait like two weeks, it is almost certain that that thing is going to be at a deeper discount in two weeks. Um, but it's it's all it's also tied in with you know it's tied in with how many of these brands like j j crew is a, a good example of of this a brand that like used to mean something yeah. um and and was known for uh, for a period of like honestly a couple decades as a place where uh, men and women alike of kind of our like general band of the world, like yuppie kind of yuppie types with, you know, non suited jobs uh, could get good quality stuff that you could like wear to the office. Yeah. And uh I don't know if anyone has bought anything from J Crew recently. Uh it ain't that anymore. It's just like the fabric quality is is bad. Like I used to wear a lot of J Crew t-shirts. They're just like they're kind of threadbare. They wear out really quickly. And they're just like they are much closer in 2023 to being like a fast fashion company H&M. like H&M than they are to being J crew circa like 95 or whatever. And it's like, it's a huge bummer. Yeah. I think, um, so I got my wedding suit that J crew has known for their Ludlow suit, but uh-huh. that is, if you apply any sale to it, it's always like, well, this item's not on sale. So in a lot of places will do that. If they have generally, if they have like a signature item that will still be, of a similar quality or, you know, a similar thing, but then you never like, they know people want that. And so that's, that never goes on sale. Yeah. The polo, yeah. like the polo counter at Dillard's in the mall. Uh, you know what, you know, what's never, ever on sale, no matter what white polo shirt, black polo shirt, Navy blue polo shirt, never, ever, ever, because you're going to buy that shit anyway. Yeah. I, I, I think that's, that's an interesting idea, which is and maybe not everything in the store, but certain things are moving towards this is the way, you know, fast passion, things have to move so quickly. Honestly, it's it's not, it, it feels similar to 
when you go on to a, a place like Amazon and there's a product you want, say you want a, a, a dish brush or something, um, and there's the name brand one, like the, the OXO one that you want, but then you see that, oh, it's suggested is this weird brand name you never heard of. It looks like the exact same product, but it is it is way cheaper. The quality is probably less, but like part of it is is they they are putting that that stock out there and they need to move it, move it, move it. And I would imagine with the suits, the the suits from J. Crew or, or wherever or Admiral, maybe even Lanzin. I've bought a suit from Lanzin before. Those can probably sit around because there's a lot of value in them, even though they don't cost a lot to make. Um but the revenue that you generate on those shirts and stuff, like you really have to keep moving them. So like, hey, you know, that dish brush may cost $15, $15 but I'm going to move six of them or, or whatever. I mean, it just seems like everything has to move so fast. And the catalyst and the, the expedient for that sometimes is throwing something 40% off sale two weeks after it, it kind of hit the, hit the stand, so to speak. Well, I also think that <clears throat> more and more often I'll see just, um, you know, a flat 10% off of everything in, in your cart. Like with LL Bean, I went to, or I tend to do shopping for clothes in bulk, so I don't do any clothes shopping. And then like one day you're like, all right, I'll just buy all the, all the stuff I need. So in those cases, those like 10% deals, like they add up for me. So yeah. I'll just buy all the LL Bean stuff I want and, um, and like, you know, I was at, I was buying something at LLB and I was like, well, Labor Day is next Monday. If I just wait a week and buy this online, like, will it be 15% off? And they were like, uh, maybe <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll, I'll wait a week. But I think that, I guess I often think like when you're paying the quote unquote normal price, you're actually paying the, up, like you're paying for a markup rather than the sales being for things on sales. The sales are just like the price that it, it kind of should be because the quality has gone down. Yeah, and I think Kevin, you are what you're describing is is maybe more like the normal consumer who is probably buying a number of things at once. Maybe you're buying something for people of all different ages and and uh, you know men and women in your household. Like this is hey, we we buy clothes in August or whatever. You know, new school year, new new outfits. Everybody's getting outfits and stuff. We I think are much more of the the age where we're we're like picky and maybe we're not we're buying like one thing at once like maybe you want it you're thinking you want a jacket and you might get it in october you might get it in january because it doesn't get cold that cold for a while or, or something like that so i i kind of wonder with with you and with the bulk yeah that's a really good framing of why 10 percent is appealing but for me when i'm just buying kind of like one thing um I'm like, well, I'll, I'll get it because I want it, not because because I, I need it. I'm I'm a, because I want it currently. Um, I will I will do it now as opposed to waiting. Max, I, I'd be interested because you know, I'm comparing J Crew to to H and M or things like that. Are you have an LB sweater and and it's you know 10% off. And and then you have a, a J Crew sweater that that's like you know 50% off or, or something. Does does the percentage off at all? Like, does that that aspect of the marketing does that strike you any way? Does it does it uh, like send you one direction or the other? Probably not. But clothes are tough for me because I actually buy my clothes the same way Kevin does, um, which is that I don't shop for clothes. I just 
when I need clothes, I go and I buy the clothes that I need. Um, my last clothes purchase was a, a significant one from Old Navy, and to your point, everything was like seventy percent off according to their website. But that like it didn't really change. All that really mattered to me was the the final price for each shirt that I bought. Um, so I, I mean, I don't think it would if there was things that I I definitely want. I don't necessarily get swayed but then again like i was just shopping yesterday for a ski bag and i was looking at three on bezos mart and Mm -hmm. they were all like the same price that i would pay but the full prices were all different you know so like that that definitely played into my whether probably consciously and certainly subconsciously played into my like thinking of like well this one's probably higher quality because it's marked down yeah from 120 dollars, and this one's only marked down from 70 even though they both cost 55 oh that's mm-hmm. see that's really interesting because i think about that a slightly different way where like the the fact that a place like ll bean so rarely puts stuff on sale like from a, a marketing and psychology perspective the inherent message that that carries is that they like they stand behind the quality of their stuff in a way that Old Navy or J Crew or whatever doesn't, and, and they and don't—they don't have to slash their yeah. prices to get you to buy their stuff because they know that you know it's—it's it's the men's warehouse thing. You're gonna like the way you look, I guarantee it. You know, you're gonna feel good about your purchase, and and not have like, you know, you're not gonna have buyer's remorse. Yeah. So I agree with I, that. I think it's tough on it's tough on Bezos Mart because you're not looking at brands that you're typically yeah, yes. buying from. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Like I've never heard of these three brands of ski bags I was looking at. So I had well, because much because to no judge one on. has. They're not real brands. They're just right. They're different. Except for the aliases. LLB one that was way more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I think that when it, it's a big difference when I know what the normal price is. Like again mm-hmm. with LL Bean. Like I know if I don't buy it on a sale, it really will be ten percent more expensive. It's not like the J Crew go to this page for the twenty items that are quote unquote seventy percent off. So those ones don't really. I mean, subconsciously you have to kind of like they'll you'll get the initial spark, but um, but like I what's also, those what's better? What's better than the feeling of knowing that you got the good stuff that doesn't usually go on sale? You got it for a discount. Like I have a Filson duffel bag that I really love. I did not buy it from Filson. I bought it on eBay, and I got a pretty significant discount on it yeah. uh, for for that reason. Like probably fifty percent, if not maybe even more. Uh, and that man, that is a that's an intoxicating well, feeling. So so it's interesting you you mentioned that, and I I think Max, you're the thing where it's like i'm getting great value i can see that i see that aha like this is this was really expensive and now it's not um i have a filson bag myself which i did get from the filson site for 40 or 50 percent off like end of season sale which which is a thing and definitely needed to move this side so i get it i like the bag is a great bag part of the reason it's on sale i have figured out and they may still make it but i don't know that it's very popular it is a computer bag but it is for if you're one of those people who's like a contractor and you have a uh, one that you're you're 
your company gives you, and then you also have the agency with which you're contracting also gives you a computer. It is big enough for that. So it is, it is like a unwield, you know, it is unwieldy it's for like in how two large it's 17 inch laptops. Yeah, it's for like two 17 inch laptops. And it's like, aha, yes, I got a great deal, but I understand why it was on sale. So that's like a different thing, but I don't think that that's what's happening here. I think when they put 40 stuff for 40, 50, 60% off, it's to make you think like like Max, which is, oh, wow, this was $70 and I'm getting it for 40. That's really great. Um, I would also say one wrinkle to this is, I know Lands In will do this in their magazines, or at least have in the past. L. Bean, I think, does it sometimes. And I've gone back and checked it, too, as someone who has been an L. Bean customer for a while. And they have a good record of, like, everything you've you've purchased. They will often be like, the prices on our stuff haven't changed since 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. You can get the Squall jacket by, by whoever sells that. And it's, you know, hasn't changed since, you know, 95 or something. But I see that sometimes. And that I guess that's supposed to say to me, like, wow, this is a great deal. It, it, it'll last forever. And the, the price in real terms has gone down. But then I ask the questions. And Sean, this, this works with kind of what I think you were mentioning before we started is like, well, supply chains have maybe gotten better and and like there is a race to the bottom but what about the race to the bottom for the quality of these goods that we're buying so it's not only oh look at the msrp and what you're getting it for but like has the product changed if i get my uh if i get my fratagonia fleece um is is it really not as good as is as my dad's fratagonia fleece was i mean i think the answer to that is yeah, it's really yeah. not. Um, and and you see this like all over, kind of all over, particularly the clothing world. Like I, I was talking about J. Crew t-shirts. Uh, they had at least they had for a while. I'm not sure if they still do it. They ran uh, a line of t-shirts called the 1994, mm-hmm. which was much like it's much more of a heavyweight kind of cotton. It's a little boxier it kind of you know it harkens back to a different time certainly in terms of like fit and shape but also clearly in terms of like uh, and probably not quality but in terms of like how it feels like a thicker t-shirt feels like it's made with better material yeah. like it just I, does i i realized that Right now, I am actually wearing a J. Crew T-shirt, and I believe it is a, um, I think it's a Jasper Cottoner. That was, you know, one of their words they used. This T-shirt is, I had it in college, and I may have had it before I started college. And I have other J. Crew T-shirts that I have not had for as long, and have had to throw away <laughs> because they, yeah, you know. This is the, it's, and I'm sure that they were at least as expensive. I think but that it has changed. I am wearing a Carhartt T-shirt right now. That is not because I am a construction worker. It's because it costs $19.99 at Dick's Sporting Goods, and is in, you know, it feels like it's better made than like almost every other T-shirt that I own. Oh, I was wondering if Billie Eilish was coming to Richmond this evening. <laughs> Who knows. Um, but like I, I had this. I saw on, on Twitter the other day somebody talking about having been like cleaning out their mom's closet 
over the holidays and finding all of this like kind of late 80s early 90s era stuff from like nine west uh, an example of like a pretty recognizable sort of you know mom brand if we'll call it uh, and pointed out like the quality the difference in quality is just miles better i mean for you know in part from the sheer fact that like it is still intact to this day uh and and i had this i had a similar experience when i was in probably middle no i was probably in high school um and inherited uh a kind of plaid oxfordy type shirt of my dad's from a a little uh brand you might have heard of called abercrombie and fitch ah yes and that shirt was honestly it was probably from when he was in college Mm -hmm. um and that shirt was fucking good yeah it was a well-made shirt yeah so so part of this might be i mean the last three years is is kind of put this in perspective is i'm like well i you know, I don't leave the house that often. I still don't leave the house that often. Um, and it it's made me kind of rethink the things that I have and, and what situations they're really valuable in. And we've been talking about clothes a lot here, but it uh, I watched a, a America's Test Kitchen video about capsule collection kitchen goods as well. Um, and, and part of me wonders is is if we've kind of gotten to a, 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 point, a point now where... Um, where it's it's like the the interest is in having lots of lots of different things as opposed to you know the the uniform idea is like having lots of the same thing but like uh you know really have we gotten away from having a few things that that matter and like they are necessarily nice because people expect you to have things that are built to last i mean built to last is something that people nimby about all the time now but the the fact of the matter is is like i'd rather have five t-shirts that are really good and last me three years as opposed to having um you know 15 that i have to replace often this is a we, we talked about this once is from amongst ourselves about this like inflation scale of like being able to buy the good boots that last five years versus people who are not of means and have to buy the less expensive boots and they actually need them and then they wear out. And so they're constantly spending money on boots all the time. Like they want us to keep going and and keep coming back. And I think that that's, maybe we've moved away from that. And we've also talked about um, loyalty before, like loyalty to brands. Like if I'm just gonna buy something that's gonna wear out, like to Max's point, like give give me the fake drug on Bezosmart of like, oh, I'm saving so much money on this bag. Um, it's going to wear out anyways. And the worst, obviously the worst version of all of these arguments rolled together is, you know, it, it, it was better when things were made in America. Like what, when, when you start drifting into arguments about fashion that could plausibly double as lyrics to a Toby Keith song, like you have to tread a little carefully, um, you know, and, and there, there might be. There might be something to that, but, you know, the the question that never gets asked alongside, you know, uh, alongside why were things so much better when we made them in America was, uh, you know, why, why, what is the American economic system's role in this? 
you know, because this is all, I mean, fast fashion exists for a reason. Fast fashion exists as a massive global industry to meet what it perceives as market demands. And so, like, we can, on some level, we can, like, bitch about this until the cows come home, but the reason it exists is, at the very least, because the people that run these industries think that that's what the majority of people want their clothes-buying experience to be. And I think that can be a bit of a, a self-fulfilling thing because... Absolutely. Like, like for me, so when I when I go buy jeans, I in terms of real dollars, I spend much less on jeans than I probably would have 40 years ago. And thus, you know, I should expect the quality of jeans to be lower. But it's like if, if my options are I can spend... Um, if I want to find really nice jeans that are really expensive, well, then I need to like go... F- like go to a store and find one that has ones that fit me well, which isn't always easy. And then, um, and then like deliberate over the decision or I can be like, Oh, or I can just go to old Navy, get a couple of pairs of jeans for like 30 bucks each. And then if they fall apart in three years, I'll probably be done with them anyway. And would like to try out a new wash. So it's like, yeah, maybe like if, if I can get six old Navy jeans that last me for the same length that like an expensive one is like, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't always buy the arguments that you'll end up better off with like the one thing unless you really keep it, but tastes change, especially in like with in yeah. the world. But right now we're, we've got a million options. Like Pierce said, we want like lots of different things. So for me, it's just like a, if it were easy to get nicer things, easier to get nicer things, I would maybe think about it more. But I'm like, no, it's easier to go to Old Navy and not really think about it because I don't have to look nice to go to work. So I, I, I do think that there's something there, which is like, again, maybe I'm rooted in, in silly old values and, and these cycles of things are different. Um, Kevin, I think I think we were like watching some movies one time or, or I asked about it. Movies set in like the, the 70s or maybe the 80s. And, and people, like these movie stars, they're movie stars, but it's not like a Hemsworth or Chris Evans. They were like just built, average guys, but just built different than we are now. And I really thought about it. Like even Jack Nicholson, it's not like Jack Nicholson was out there like playing football or anything. And I'm sure he didn't, he wasn't like pumping iron all the time, but he was like very fit in a way that I'm like, the average person does not look like that. And I think part of it is, is like, our day-to-day lives are very different than they were a while ago. So yeah, you need to make jeans that are are have structure because it's they would have ripped them. Right. It's literally changed the fabric composition of yeah. clothes. If <laughs> the you went fabric of our if lives. If you went to Jack Nicholson right after he filmed like one flew over the cuckoo's nest and suggested to him that you put lycra in his jeans so that he can move better, he probably would have called you a gay slur. Yeah, yeah. He also would have like then gone and sat in a in a truck that had like terrible seats that would rip up the lycra immediately. Like just right. Just, I, I I mean it it sounds silly to be like oh it was different. It's like well also like there are so many tasks that we do in our house now that are much much easier and we don't have to lift heavy things all the time. I feel like that's that's just kind of the way it is and and things have worked worked around that which we're really far away from like things being on sale and everything but <laughs> it's like yeah these products are are maybe cheaper and they're moving quickly but they 
I mean, they can be. I, I, I sit in a seat all day. Like, even even before the pandemic, I still mostly sat in a seat all day. I don't need my jeans to be indestructible. So, it, you know, if they put it 40% off so they get me in the door, I, I kind of get it. But at the same time, I, I, I do – I think there are still things that, like, the modern consumer ought to keep in mind. That Like, it's just because you're – your gap jeans are not going to last you 20 years like a pair of Levi's manufactured during the gold rush would, you know, doesn't mean that. And and this is, I think is the, the real sort of problem and the problem mindset that the fast fashion industry encourages like at the first sign of something being wrong with a piece of clothing, like you're, depending on the piece of clothing and depending on the damage, like your instinct first maybe shouldn't be, I need to replace this. Like it is extremely useful to know that you can go get your $30 jeans patched for like nine bucks at your local dry cleaners. Like why, you know, just because it is easy to replace these things quickly for not a lot of money compared to like buying nicer things doesn't mean you should always spend the you know full price of that to replace it like you'll get more life like i used to i i had at least two computers in a row that i extended the life of by getting an aftermarket battery and and you know spending some time with a very delicate screwdriver to change the battery rather than buying a new computer. Like that there are, there are aspects of the always cycling something in and out mindset that are really like they fuck with your brain. Yeah. Well, and that's also just a, <clears throat> a consequence of materials getting cheaper, but labor getting more expensive. And yeah. so you know, it's it's one of those things where it's unless you push back on it, the answer is going to seem obvious. But it's you know just a like a, a shitty pair of jeans would cost the same amount of money to fix as a nice pair of jeans. It's just because because the service also costs, yes, it's, it's more determined by by time. So it's like a, it's when you have the not nice things. Like, well, why do I why do I want to fix this anyway if it's not nice? But yeah, I mean, it can lead to a a, a bad. A bad mindset. Not all sure. your pants gotta be nice, baby. Yeah, it's not like anyone's seeing me in them anyway. We're not all going to galas every day. <laughs> you know, those are the yeah. only two settings: <laughs> working from home and going to galas. Yeah, but yeah, you, still, I mean, you still don't. You still ultimately, you still don't want like a thing you buy. That's it. It's like, you don't want to buy a thing that you buy, even if it was inexpensive, to break because then you feel like you were hosed in some way within within reason i mean i have apologized on here before because i had an L.O. bean jacket that got a little tiny hole in it and this was right after they changed their policy and not only would they not fix it but they also wouldn't they're like they we, we won't replace it and i had just gotten it like a year and a half before which was outside the realm and i got really irritated i was like hey if i was if i was in patagonia they would fix it right now and and i no, was they wouldn't. It, well, allegedly Patagonia would. Um, and they're like, okay. And admittedly, it was a tough thing to repair. But like, 
anytime a thing you buy was cheap breaks or was gifted to you or you got time off it 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 sucks and so i think that i don't know there there is definitely some hesitation with me whenever i see the big sale numbers I'm like how soon before the the i you know the seams rip in these pants or or this t-shirt starts getting holes in it and i don't know maybe that's maybe that's unfair maybe i should just expect that to happen in due time because that's the way we are yeah maybe yeah, I don't know. All the all the stores to me feel pretty much the same now. So <clears throat> I think that's usually ultimately what I use sales the most for. Is the same. If they're all the same. Which ones? And I'm doing my shopping today. Which one has the sale? Because otherwise, you're gonna die anyways. Might as well buy the cheaper cheap. coffin. No, you don't want to go too cheap. Then you'll wind up on coffin flop. Oh no! This is not a this is not an audience that watched season two of I think you should leave. That's on me. That's oh, my yeah. that's my bad, guys. That's a comedy. Is that, is that the big idea? Uh, <laughs> no, but but speaking of of apologies, we we should wrap it up here and and do Pierce's sorry. Um. So you mentioned surprises earlier, and this is something where at the time of recording, I think I'm going to endeavor on my first venture related to this, but. Um, some months ago, I started going around the city in which I live, Atlanta, and um, kind of surveying the landscape of sandwiches with initially in mind the uh, uh, Italian sub. Um, because what I realized is people would ask about sandwiches and they'd be like, oh, what should what should I get? And I tried to give recommendations, but they were not good and i felt i felt bad about that because if if someone is getting a sandwich in the dc area i can pretty clearly and and with confidence tell them hey get a sandwich here or there depending on what you want depending on where you are i cannot do that here so i was giving bad recommendations so i want to give good recommendations and in doing that i will be going through this this city here and in search of in search of decent to good sandwiches because i want people to beware of the bad italian sub where you have really i don't know terrible lettuce um uh tomatoes that are a color that no produce should ever be and i don't know things like bad bread or whatever or the place that charges you like 17 dollars for something that is i mean just shouldn't pay 17 dollars for a sandwich like that so um beware of the bad italian sub i am going to endeavor to fix this problem so i give good recommendations to people going forward so just by way of doing some kind of math for housekeeping purposes how many years did you live in the general washington dc area um quite a few more than i've lived here thus far yeah what would you say it's maybe even like orders of magnitude higher um, probably five. I'm just in c- considering the time I lived in Arlington where I had autonomy and where I would get sandwiches. I, I would say. Okay. All right. Fine. Um, but I, I will say that the Axios Atlanta newsletter, they, they posted, they did like things to look forward to in 2023. They mentioned in passing how the, the lunch options, especially like grab and go type things in the city are not good. And like, those are people who have lived here longer and have looked through the city more. So this is not just this is not just me. So uh, I am combing combing uh, different different sources uh, here. Axios are our, our direct competition. 
yeah i will i will say i uh you this was in fact a surprise uh in that uh apparently your your plan to write a series of atlanta sandwich reviews for our website is not only a plan to write atlanta sandwich reviews it is specifically apparently atlanta italian sub reviews i'm i'm glad to see that we will be uh doing doing what it takes to uh broaden our our audience and and, and reach reach a, a nice wide coalition of people in the new year i will look at all sandwiches that is the impetus for this is like those there should be good italian subs and there are seldom that is the case <laughs> all right um all right let's do a big idea from pop culture uh, and I, this is what I was going to do last week, uh, before Pele and, and Vivian Westwood, uh, died. Uh, Emily and I watched Glass Onion, the Knives Out sequel on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, those movies are quite fun. And I really now want to go back and watch Knives Out again pretty soon um daniel craig's accent work is flawless uh it is absolutely perfect and don't let anyone tell you otherwise <laughs> um but the the cast of this one is incredible just like the last one was you've got edward norton kate hudson uh katherine hahn uh former wwe superstar batista uh a a dc native um who, who you probably know more recently from the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Uh, and it's another, it's just another really enjoyable kind of whodunit. Uh, so highly, highly recommend. Good way to spend a little over two hours. Um, all right. It's time to say goodbye to Rolling Stone rock music trivia because that's old stuff that's in the past rock is my i don't know if rock is dead we can talk about that another time but my rolling stone rock trivia page a day calendar for 2022 sure as shit is so we have handed the reins for uh 2023 trivia duties over to last year's last place finisher the quizmeister Max Handler. So I'll, I'll I'll turn things over to you. Yeah, if it weren't for those darn treadmills in OK Goes Music Video, <laughs> Kevin would be the one asking you a question here today. But unfortunately, that's not the case. Uh, so we're gonna mix things up a little bit. We're gonna have rotating categories. Uh, gonna do Mario Kart style, which means I don't know if Mario Kart style. Uh, whoever is in um the lowest position is going to be able to choose from a series of categories for that week's question. Now, of course, we're starting with a fresh slate today, and we have a full attendance. So I've chosen a category, and that category is tennis, which you already knew, perhaps. I love that band. So I'd encourage, I'm going to to read the question, and then uh, we're going to have some time to think of an answer that will be edited out of the broadcast. (laughs) Going forward, I won't explain the rules. Okay. And then I will uh, give each person an opportunity to answer the question. And hopefully I can gauge 
everyone's ability to answer trivia questions. So your question for today in the category tennis, which Danish female pro played tennis with Barack Obama at the White House Easter egg roll in 2015? All right, my guess is Sharapova. I, I'm not sure she's Danish, but given that it was with Obama, my best guess is uh, Caroline Wozniacki. That was also my guess. Sean and Pierce, you are both correct. Oh, it shit. was, in oh, fact, hey. Caroline Wozniacki. Can, can you do Never the sports movie one as well, just in case that, you know, just to, so we get back in the groove of things. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, me, me, me down in the last place for a while so I can pick some categories. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll throw some t- throw a second one in here. Um, sports movies, uh, which 2009 sports comedy based on the novel Derby Girl stars, at the time, Ellen, now Elliot Page, and first-time director Drew Barrymore? I'm going to guess a roller. I feel like this is a real stretch on sports, calling it a sports movie. Um, But I do know that Michael Sarah's character is like a high school track athlete in it. So I'm going to say Juno. Okay. (laughs) It is is not Juno. I've seen the cover of the movie. It is not Juno. I'll go uh, kicking and screaming. <laughs> okay. It is neither version of the movie Kicking and Screaming. What what is it called, Max? Alright, the correct answer was Whip It. Ah, oh, it is was Whip, Whip it. it. Yes. Yeah. And so um, we have started trivia off on a on a fun note. We're only gonna count that that first one, and I'm gonna use these answers and information to make make the questions uh more relevant. Oh shit, Max and, is the algorithm. <laughs> I'm the algorithm, and if uh, and if I'm learning, I'm hopefully you know, we can make the harder ones multiple choice, and 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 try to find that even what's the healthy trivia like seventy seventy percent seventy ish percent correct I think is is good. So. I, we did, we did not hit that on the Rolling Stone. That's something only the algorithm would know. Somewhere between <laughs> uh, Ted Williams' uh, highest season of of batting average and and Shaq's highest uh shooting percentage in a season somewhere in that range would be good yeah fair enough um i will say there's one more note on the show uh depending on what day this comes out on january 7th that's saturday just like to wish Nicolas cage a happy 59th birthday jesus wow. christ that is cage day that's why you asked you should have just oh, made God. that the trivia question <laughs> did you not know it i think that would be too easy which intonation of he's 59 is correct? That that's that's a topic got, we can talk about question. for an hour. <laughs> Which what how long how many days did Nicolas Cage's shortest marriage last? A 152 B 107 C 63 or D 4 it's got to be four, right? The it is four. Yeah, he did have a marriage to uh, Marie Presley that lasted 107 days, but it was not his, not his shortest marriage. So, Jesus, if you combine the two, that's uh, <laughs> happy birthday, Nick. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, uh, that's the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com, or you can subscribe to the show feed on your podcast app of choice. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. I'm
I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hey, I put some new shoes on and suddenly everything